0: Identity Talk. I'm your host, Jana Lopez. Thank you for sharing your time with me. My mission is to create deeper conversations with dynamic people from all walks of life about uncovering meaning, about who we are, and how we come to see ourselves. Words and identity are my life. I'm the author of the acclaimed book, Me, My Sophie, and I. I teach online writing workshops called Write About Now and offer one-on-one transformative coaching sessions that break you through to deeper clarity and connection with yourself through a guided process I call See Through Words. When it comes to navigating identity funky junk, it's time for straight talk. Get ready for real stories, real connection, and real hope mixed with humor and a whole lot of love. You're now part of Identity Talk with Jana Lopez. Welcome to Identity Talk. So glad that you're here. My guest with me is probably one of my favorite, most interesting, inspirational people, and I'm so glad she's here. Her name is Michelle Soro. I'm going to read you her long accomplished bio, but really the the life that's going to come, will come from this conversation with her because she's much, much more than what she's done. It's all about who she is. So Michelle Soro is a former TV host turned high six-figure heart-centered entrepreneur and transformational trainer. She shares real talks with global game changers, spiritual luminaries, and high-performance expert experts in this unfiltered and transformational podcast that she has, which is called Fire and Soul. It's a top 10 in self-development, and it's a weekly dose of spiritual principles, personal development, and business guidance, which is kind of who she is. She's very supportive, very loving, but she knows her stuff, which is awesome. So her thing is to create impact with people where they can realize their own dreams, and she does that to help them fulfill their highest impact for themselves. And she's talked to and had interactions with and does work with people like Jack Canfield and Panache Desai, Danielle Laporte, Jarek Robbins, Joseph McClendon III. And it goes on and on and on with her impact. And the other thing that she does, which is how I came across her, is she teaches experts and entrepreneurs how to start and scale high integrity online impact. So that includes... Uh, live video, and podcasting, which is thanks to her why we are here on Identity Talk. This all started our journey, so it feels good to have Michelle with me today. Thank you.
1: Wow, my gosh. That is a long one. I don't know where you got <laughs> up <there. laughs> I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so excited for you that you have a podcast and that you can reach more lives to help them find their words, to light them up. So the honor is all mine, my friend. You're doing the work. So it's just a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, so aside from the long list of accomplishments, I mean, really it comes down to passion and it comes down to purpose and it comes down to discovering what it is that we have as gifts that we can help impart to others. So, but we'll start at the beginning. What is it to you when you hear the word identity and you think about a self and how we find ourselves and we discover ourselves, what does the word identity even mean to you?
1: Great question. That is an ever-evolving definition based on my state of awareness and consciousness about myself. Um, I would say that in the past, I would use words like passionate, driven, lit up, all those things. As I have evolved over the past two and a half years specifically as being an entrepreneur and helping to cultivate a community of really visibility, being seen. I'm here to empower millions to be seen and heard. And so the best way for me to to, to answer that now is it's what do I take a stand for? And I take a stand for courage and bravery and everything outside of our comfort zone. But the only way that I can do that is if I am in a natural alignment with myself. So I guess the ultimate answer for myself in this moment, August of 2020, is my identity is peace and action. And, and the action is always inspired. It never feels manufactured. It's really aligned with what feels peaceful, what feels right, what feels expansive. And uh, ever since this pandemic hit, I have just been on this mission to cultivate more peace within myself. So I'd say that right now, that's where I'm identifying the most so that I can help others tap into their identity, which is the bravery and the courage and the action and all that.
0: Do you think the identity comes from, I mean, interesting for me in my own book, me, myself, he, and I wrote a lot about how people define themselves based on what they do, not who they are. And getting to know themselves is like a lifelong path. Not everybody chooses to take, which is fine. You know, I think people have choices in life and some people just wanna get through life and they're not necessarily as interested in all that. But to me, it feels like the identity Component of finding yourself based on who you are and not what you do is not always easy. So, tell me a little bit about how you came to learn more and deepen and strengthen and connect with this person that is showing up in the world today.
1: Well, I'll tell you again, it goes back to that evolution uh, statement that I made a moment ago. I'm known for saying something uh, that is action breeds clarity and the more that we do specifically outside of our comfort zone, something that does require the bravery, the courage, all the things that got you to write the book, publish the book, start a podcast, do these interviews with people that you really love um, and or maybe admire and respect um, and then get to bring that value to the world. That started with with bravery, but sometimes we don't have the bravery until we take the action. So the more action that I take, the more clarity that I get. And what I realize is that it starts to look like, oh, what's the goal? What's the outcome? What's the dream, right? And all of that's important, but it's who you become in the midst of achieving those accomplishments. And so when people say to me or ask me, what are you most proud of? Proud of? And it's like who I've become. And so who I've become is someone who is more brave, more courageous, despite the fears, the insecurities and the imposter syndrome, or the worry that it might not work out. Um, I'd say that uh, a big piece of my um, evolution and my identity is making friends with uncertainty. But mm-hmm. again, if I'm peaceful within my own soul, then I know that I'm being guided to what's for the highest and best good of all, not just for myself. I am so community centric. I'm always thinking about, is this for the highest and good for all, not just for me and the impact that I think I should be making. And so some things work out, some things don't, but I want to cultivate more of that within myself, um, just more of that peace, so that I'm able to hear the whispers and the nudges that are pulling me forward and asking me to step more into uncertainty with that bravery. There's a little bit of a theme happening here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think you had said uh, there was two things that I wanted to address. One was about the goals. And I think sometimes people put expectations out there of themselves without even really knowing why or how it's going to serve them or the goal itself becomes more important than the act of jumping off the ledge to experience the uncertainty. It's easy to say, I want to do X, but have no idea what that means to get there. And at the same time, to look at X as being the thing that gets people to that place of knowing it isn't the thing itself. It's the way you get to the thing, right?
1: Yes, totally agree. And that's the, that's the thing is that people think, and I know that you've got listeners that can relate. Although I was saying earlier, it depends on our level of consciousness and our awareness and our, and our willingness to be honest with ourselves. Like, some people got married, had the kids, lost the weight, got the divorce, got the new job, dropped the new job, started their own thing. Like there's all these things that we think that we want because it's going to bring us some level of fulfillment. But if you're not taking care of what's happening on the inside, then no matter where you go, there you are. So you're still bringing that old self <laughs> with you.
0: And Hokey so, pokey. It's the whole exactly, self thing. <laughs>
1: right. And so, you know, personally, and I, and I know that, that, that I could get a lot of uh, feedback on this, um, which is, you know, I know that a lot of people teach, you've got to know your why. And I personally have never resonated with the why I was, but what I do is I start to look at, well, what do I stand for? Right. And what am I curious about? And that allows me to be a little bit more open-minded about the how and how it falls into place. It's just, just be curious about taking that little step, even though it's foggy and I'm unclear about where it all leads I just know that I'm being called and I believe that everybody knows what they really want and they don't need to know the why, but we're so numbed out by distractions and being overly busy and and just not able to focus and be present that we can't listen, which is why if we come back to the one thing that I stand behind the most, which is peace. Right? So that we're less reactive and we're less distracted and then we're not procrastinating. And, and if we're able to do that, then we're going to know what's the next right step. And we don't have to have everything else figured out. You don't have to have an A to, A to Z right? In, in the plan. Nobody that we admire has done that. They've all just started it just took some sort of action whether that's putting yourself on a dating app you know looking for a new job maybe starting your own podcast it you know it's it's all scary in the beginning but the antidote to all that fear is always action
0: yeah and we talk about that i and i know i do cuz i teach a writing class every week i tell people on the other side of fear is freedom and i know that it sounds like a cliche because words that we use all the time are Overheard and misunderstood and never really heard, but it's true because I have felt that that once you Understand what it is that it doesn't even matter if you understand what's holding you back But getting through it is there's a feeling of uh, it's more than accomplishment. It's a feeling of um, gratitude or uh, Awareness that you're not going to get any other way unless you dive into that uncertainty
1: Totally. And it's scary. And especially right now, the world is at the height of uncertainty. You know, the prescription medications to try to manage anxiety and depression is off the chain. I heard one stat from Jay Shetty's podcast that it's up by 80% this time from one year ago. And, and that, that breaks my heart because we can just manage our own mind and stay in the present moment. And if we're not forecasting the future, meaning one hour from now, but just living in this moment, then all is well. We're safe we're healthy and everything is okay. Right. But we just get so future based and we just spin out in anxiety. So those lofty, those lofty, you know, sort of concepts of, you know, being in the moment and the other side of fear is freedom. It seems really outlandish to people in the beginning until you try it. And then you see how easy it is, right? Just one little baby step at a time.
0: Well, and that's what I was going to ask you about. So you were saying of, about being self-aware. And I think people hear the that a lot. What would you recommend people can do, based on your experience of working with a lot of people, what is it that you do to encourage the one baby step? How would you tell them what is the one thing they can do?
1: Well, the thing that comes to mind right now, because I'm not super linear of, you know, what's the one thing for that, but, I mean, obviously, if I were to answer that as honestly as I can, it's just take the action. But if I want to break it down a little bit, I would say, know thyself. And what I would do is I would get very aware of your favorite flavor of suffering, And what do I mean by that? It's like, if your go-to is anger or rage, or if your go-to is overwhelm, if your go-to is playing small and not saying anything for fear of like messing everything up or saying the wrong thing, or if your go-to is just completely stressed or always so overly busy that you can't ever just relax and be peaceful. So first take inventory of what is your favorite flavor of suffering. And I'll be honest, mine have always been overwhelm and stress, right? And by about 80%, I've moved through that because I know those. So when I feel it come up and try to get me so that I don't take the action which is the ultimate answer to your question in my mind then I look at it and then I I take Brene Brown's advice and she was like first you got to know yourself well that's my piece and then you got to just name it name it and claim it oh there's fear there's rage it's running through me it's not real it's collective whatever it's happening in the world right now and then once you're able to identify it with a few deep breaths That's really simple. Then you begin to transmute it. She's got 20 years and 400,000 pieces of data that back this up for complete transformational results. And then from there, you're back to the present moment and you're not being run by these sort of random anger thoughts or overwhelm or stress. It's like, okay, hold on. If I just chunk this down and just take care of this thing for the next hour, I'm not focused on the to-do list that seems to be inexhaustible right? And so I would say know yourself first, write it out, be clear and aware. When do you go to overeat? When do you go to like numb out on the TV? When are you social scrolling endlessly for hours, you know, online? And then what do you do to cope with that? You got to know what your triggers are. And then from there, you can begin to transmute it. So you can come back to the present moment in order to take the action.
0: Yeah. And I think it's interesting that um, when you talked about naming it, I think sometimes we like to wear that shit like an old coat, because to say it's suffering, to just say, I'm not going to have that anymore, or I'm going to be aware of it, it's almost like there's a loss or a feeling of losing a familiar friend. I think sometimes we get really used to wearing our flavor of suffering as a way to keep us from life, in life, disconnected from ourselves, because it's easy, it's familiar, and in some ways it satisfies the part of ourselves that doesn't require us to to play up or big or or grow beyond ourselves, because that also can be scary.
1: thousand percent. And so if we are wearing these sort of identities, um, and it's an unconscious badge of honor, it's another way to get significance met, right? Look at me. I'm oh so busy. Oh, look at me. I'm so overwhelmed. You know, rageful. Rageful is like the exact significance, trying to like, you know, be seen, be heard. It's just not being used for its full power. If we could actually flip it on its head and be peaceful, we could get the same point across and have a much more compelling result. And so, yeah, so, so it does take a willingness and it doesn't always happen overnight. We catch it, catch it and catch it. It's never probably going to fully ever go away Right. But the more that you work that atrophied muscle of peace and harmony and oneness and love and joy and gratitude, the more that you get conscious and catch it in the moment, pivot and course correct for what would be in alignment with my highest version of myself right now. Then you're beginning to condition the ego to be like, oh, shoot, she's conscious. Like the mind is operating right now, not ego. And so it takes time. It's called, you know, personal development because we are developing right. right? progress over perfection. And so when we catch ourselves in the moment and we're having a rageful thought or an overwhelmed moment, then we give ourselves some grace. and We're like, oh, I see you're taking yourself so seriously right now. Right. And we're kind to ourselves in those moments instead of holding ourselves to some standard of perfection. That's the lowest standard you can possibly have because it doesn't exist.
0: I I agree a thousand percent. And that's something that I've learned just in my own path of trying to find my way to a self that I could live with and not just, you know, uh, cohabitate with, but actually be part of and immersed in. And the way we find it is also different. But I will say that one of the things I've noticed about you and just having, I took uh, several classes with Michelle, several uh, six week classes. So I've had a chance to really interact, but you show up as you and the more I hear you talk and the more you share your life, you're pretty open. And it's not like there's no shame in your game. It's more like you are showing up and being proud of and welcoming, and embracing, and allowing this version of yourself to show up, the mess, the moments, as they are, and I have appreciated that, and and I'm so inspired by that, because I think more people, if they could do that, the kindness would be easier, because we are so hard on ourselves, and so I see somebody like you, who's brave in your own being, showing up honestly, for all that you are in the moment.
1: Thank you for that, Jana. Your words always touch my heart, and, and I want your listeners to know, too, that Jana writes me some of the most beautiful emails I've ever received, like she'll observe <laughs> me teaching a class, whether it's my mastermind or the podcast accelerator or live video mastery, and then she'll recap, you know, how she observed me, you know, communicating with like a high-profile guest, like a Jack Canfield or a Panache Desai or a Jarek Robbins, and, and it's just really been beautiful to receive your words. And, and I think that what the word that's coming to mind right now that you're saying that I exude is authenticity. And I just want to share something. I wasn't, I was never this authentic, like on social uh, before, but when I because I was and I was on TV for nine years and so it's live. So you learn how to be a little bit more yourself, but even then you're still not fully yourself. Right. I didn't really step into this until I became an online trainer and coach. And it's because my mentors for the most part, and if they weren't, then they're no longer a mentor, but if they were a true mentor to me, it's because I knew that who they were on that stage or teaching that course is exactly who they were behind the scenes, and that matters so much to me, you know, because integrity is everything. In fact, I I listened to a great nine-minute podcast last night with one of my business mentors named James Wedmore, and he's got a top podcast called Minding Your Business from the Inside Out, and it was a nine-minute podcast, and the title was how to beat your competition. And I was like, "Mm, James, you don't even believe in competition. Like I know, what is, what is this? But because it was only nine minutes, I was curious. Again, I just wanted to be curious. So I listened. And when the first two minutes, it was like, the number one way to beat your competition is to be integrity filled, right? Because people know it, the authenticity and the, and the integrity that you feel from me is what drew you to me and had you continue to invest with me. And it's what I cultivate in my community. It's like, you can't hide behind my video. You can't hide behind the mic of a podcast. You're being you. You might be a little nervous in the beginning or a little awkward on my video in the very beginning, but with practice and some consistency, we become more of our true selves. And then we get to reflect like, oh, wow, you're still so concerned about what you look like or what you sound like or how you said that or where you lost your train of thought or, oh, you spoke too fast. And then we can give ourselves some grace and do better.
0: Especially now, I I will say, maybe it's because of my age being 53. Maybe it's because of this weird fucking world we're living in. Or maybe it's just because um, the, the, the more wise or open or whatever it is that you become, you realize that those connections are everything. I would rather have like two that mean everything than a thousand that mean nothing.
1: And by the way, I've had to learn that in some heartbreaking ways, you know, there have been some, you know, There have been some people in my environment that have been direct competitors and it was so out of integrity and and I can allow myself to be really angry and hurt by that. And then I realized, you know what, that's on them. They're the ones that has to go to sleep at night and put their head on the pillow and they know what they're doing. But I also realized that has nothing to do with me. I'm just going to stay in my own lane, keep doing what I do and know that the right people will be magnetized as long as I'm consistent about it. And I own that part of myself. And so that's the thing, you know, for anyone listening that it's like, How do you get to that place of authenticity? You practice, you know, you practice having the hard conversations. You honor, you set your boundaries and actually honor those boundaries. You learn to say no, high performers, high six-figure, seven, eight, nine-figure earners, all the ones that I've ever met or had proximity to, they say no way more than they say yes, right? They are very clear on their time, which is their most precious commodity. They're very clear on the deep lasting impact that that time would you know, allow for um, to reach more people. And they say no all the time. But yet somehow, because we're such people pleasers as humans, that we think that we're supposed to say yes. And so, oh, this is like a very dynamic conversation that we're already having, <laughs> bar, which I love, but this is your, your listeners are going to pick whatever they want out of this, right? Something's going to resonate for someone that didn't resonate for another, and they're going to get a little nugget. And and so whatever you like, great, take it. But this is also kind of how I roll. It's like, it's, it's very dynamic and it sometimes feels dichotomous. Like I can be super vibrant and all lit up for my, for my mission and extremely peaceful and grounded at the same time. Those, those are, do not have to be mutually exclusive. But what does it need to happen is you knowing
0: yourself. It's interesting that you said that, and there's two things that came from that. We're taught that the personal should never be professional, and the professional should never be personal. The adage of never mix personal and 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 uh, professional. And I think growing up, hearing that over and over and over again, and what I've had to learn is to unlearn that because it's bullshit. And um, I see you showing up in the world, your personal is professional, your professional is personal. And I have people I love and respect where they are, who they are in both worlds. Why should you have to wear two hats all the time? It's exhausting. I can barely keep track of one.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's just, that's just an old mindset, you know, as we continue to evolve as humanity, we start to see what's really working and what's really working right now is transparency and authenticity. Nobody wants perfection. Everybody wants real. Just give it to me real. And if my, you know, reaction to your real is not a fit, then we're both off the hook to pretend that we're friends or should be right. married, right? right. Like, let's just be really <laughs> real and free each other up to go live our best lives. And- I mean, when you evolve like this and it's hardcore and you're really, really brave and courageous, you're going to let go of, quote, friends that you've had this best friend title with for maybe 20 or 30 years, and you're going to get a divorce and you're going to drop the job that's toxic and draining you. You're going to start to continue to go after what really lights you up and what feels more importantly aligned. You can't be scared of that.
0: I think that entails change. It entails... Uh, knowing yourself it entails so many of the things that we've already touched on. And I will say it does entail having an, a, an understanding of that diametric truths can occur. And I think that's the hardest thing for people to understand because the mind is not designed to have two simultaneous truths, but I have learned one of the things I teach people now in my writing coaching and everything is the power of, and it will free you because two things can be true. You can love somebody and you can be like completely frustrated with them or confused by them, or you can feel that you've accomplished something, but feel a sense of loss at the same time. And every time we make a change, we're holding on and letting go and holding on and letting go. Like these things exist and there are multiple truths and things can be opposing. So you may love somebody, but they may not be where they need to be in your life anymore.
1: Exactly. Discernment is key. You know, this whole conversation is obviously, you know, ultimately around identity. And I think that if I could offer anyone a nugget, and this just comes from the deepest place of my heart is don't get caught up in trying to label yourself, even on your website or your LinkedIn bio or your Instagram handle. It's like allow yourself to feel and be into know what it is like I remember one night we were wrapping a call I think it was a podcast accelerator call and you said you know what you are Michelle you're a teacher you're a trainer and you're a coach. And all three of those are different roles, but you're all three to me and to us in this group. And I thought, beautiful, thank you for your feedback. One of the hardest things for me has been to like try to figure out what do I put on my website, right? And finally, Panash Desai gave me a term and you used it earlier, heart-centered entrepreneur. And I was like, okay, I'll go with that for right now. But I'm fluid in it, right? Like I'm not married to it. And I do not believe that there has to be an opposing you know, title or identity at all. And here's why. We are not even human beings. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. As a spiritual being, you could have 550,000 thoughts and emotions in any given moment. We allow ourselves to be dynamic and open and fluid. There's so much freedom and fulfillment within that mindset. People
0: don't know what to do with that shit though, because I think people like things tidy. When you go to a party, the first question is, what do you do? And I mean, it's the one question it's like, you know, yeah, I need to come up with my one word response, but labels help people keep shit tidy. It gives them the information. It, you know what I mean? It gives them the like, okay, I know what she's about. She, they can sum it up, but at what detriment? That, that means they close off every other possibility about everything else about who you are and what you can bring to the table.
1: Yes. Well, one of the things that I do in all my programs is I help people get clarity around being able to answer that one question in one sentence. You see, because what we want to do as humans is we want to compensate for not feeling worthy and not feeling like we're enough because that's just a fundamental human you know, issue. Uh, there's like two, right? It's around the world. Doesn't matter where you live or how old you are. Um, it's I'm not enough and I'll never be loved. So if we do this sort of verbal vomit, if you will, for a lack of better phrase of, well, I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. And actually, the person didn't really care to hear all of that. They just were playing nice and being polite. And it was surface conversation, which, by the way, is my least favorite. So the way that I've learned to do that is be like, well... I'm an entrepreneur and I have training and coaching programs. If they want to know more, they'll ask me more. Oh, really? What kind of training and coaching? Well, I teach live video and podcasting. Oh, tell me more. I keep it so simple. But what ego does is it wants to compensate for how awesome we are or how we don't feel really awesome about ourselves. So let me just tell you, I did this, I got a book, and I got a podcast, and I got a program, and I got a this. And it's like, oh my goodness, right? When you meet physicians and attorneys, they'll typically say to you when they answer that question. I'm an attorney. And if you're interested, you will be like, oh, really? What genre of law? And then they'll answer that question. And if you're interested, you'll then dive dive deeper, right? right? It's so fun. Like the highly educated uh, professionals, they'll just be like, I'm a teacher. right? What do you teach? Uh, English? Really? What's the age range of your students? Five years old. (laughs) Oh, how cute, (laughs) right? And now you open it up. And so but we think that we have to compensate because we don't feel worthy and telling everyone everything from a simple little question that really was so surface in the first place. That
0: makes sense. And I was going to ask, so you deal with a lot of people, you deal with thousands of people. How do you know who's who in your life? How do you, I mean, how do you know?
1: How do I know, like, who's who? What do you well, mean? Well, I
0: mean, like, how do you know? Because there's some people that want to cling to and suck from, and, uh, you know oh, what I mean? Okay. Like, I there's can... so much. When you open yourself up to that degree, yes. how do you keep it yes. to where you're filtering through people that should be in your life that want to know more and can feed you and feed your soul? It's,
1: well, you just answered it. And so, going back to discernment, right, and the and the constant evolution of growing and contributing at a high level, where you want to impact so many more lives than you are now, right, and you're grateful, so honored and humble that you that I get to, you know, um, impact the lives that I do. It's never ever lost on me, but I'm also very protective of my energy and even more protective of my time. So. I will recognize very, very quickly if someone's coming toward me and their energy or their intention is not in alignment with where I wanna be with anyone who's close in my life. There have been some people that have been in my programs who have gotten into my inner circle, Um, but I'm very protective and I'm very clear about who I want. And it's, it's very easy, I'll give you the process. It's do I feel expansive when I'm in my conversations with them Or does it, do I contract? And if it's expansive, the energy is free and it feels unlimited and boundless in nature, then I'm like, oh, it's always a pleasure to hear from Jana. Of course, I'll go on her podcast. I say no to probably 85 to 90% of the podcast requests that I get, right? But for me, it was like an easy no-brainer to say yes to you. And so, but I always know, are they trying to get something from me, use it as leverage? Yeah. And and I don't. And that's their prerogative. I'm not judging that, but it's not in alignment with where I am with my values at this point in my life.
0: I think that is... It- It's, it sounds so simple, but very important. And, you know, the world does need more love because at the heart of everything, and I tell people uh, in my writing class that I love them and I can mean it and feel it. And I am not afraid of letting people know that that is the basis. And again, sounds so typical and cliche, but the feeling is there, the intention of love and gratitude and, um, being, being with the beauty and the complication at the same time of how, of how we try to come to, to know and experience ourselves in this life because it gets so overwhelming and we are bogged down and it does take a constant coming back and pulling in and letting the resonance of whatever it is we're experiencing sink in.
1: Yes, I agree. And, it, and it's, a, it's an, as I mentioned, I think now four times in this, in this very short time that we've been on this call, it's an evolution, right. right? And so, and the more that you're in alignment with your boundaries and with your values and with your vision, the more that you will be shown the opposite, but then it's on you to have discernment. You know, I heard Reverend Michael Beckwith, who was my minister over there at Agape International Center of Truth. He, he was in The Secret and everyone, Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. Everyone loves Reverend Michael Beckwith. And I remember him saying something to me, or actually to all of us. It was a service a sermon.
0: <laughs> it was uh, to you. You were there. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: because he downloads, So anything he all says, right. you're like, is he me right now? <laughs> and, um, and he said that spiritual discernment goes as close as family. Like you can love them from afar, but the spiritual discernment is who you're gonna spend any time with. You know, and I have that happening happening right now with a family member who is mentally ill and he's in a mental hospital and it's super painful. And so I finally allowed myself to open up and give him my email cause he'd requested it for a few years. And, and I just got like psychotic break messages of just out, out of his mind. and and I And I have compassion for him but after I received about six or seven in the course of 24 hours, I finally just wrote him back and I said, I cannot receive these messages. I wish you knew how loved you truly are. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Take care, Michelle. And I blocked him, right? Because I can't have that energy. There's no way to get through that. And it's not my job to get through it, but I had all this guilt and all this shame for the longest time that somehow it was my responsibility. It's like, no, it's not. You know, so what your responsibility is is making sure that you are loving on the people and that you are keeping your heart peaceful And that you're honoring your boundaries and your discernment
0: well and let's talk about how we help others find the means to do that too because with your podcast class and your live video mastery uh, You know, I find it the intention is similar to what I try to do is we're trying to help empower people to find their voice and make meaning and impact and helping people 90% of the work I've discovered thanks to you and your inspiration because that moment came when here I was, I was in my class each week teaching people about writing and giving them tips and everything. But there was a class I had with you and I think it was a podcast accelerator class where there was a woman who was just really struggling and she had been the one that has struggled pretty much with each class. And there was this moment where she was, like frustrated and I observed how you just were there for her and present and rather than dismiss her or write it off as like, here we are again, you you just said, what is it? What can we do? What do we need? And there was just a moment of presence. It was really an amazing moment for me to see because I want to be a teacher. I really am. and, And what I learned from that is it's not what you're showing them. It's how you're being there to inspire them. And something about that moment clicked and every week in my writing workshop since then I'm there to help inspire them because I think they need the handholding, the encouragement, the love, the support, the confidence, nothing I teach them is going to make more of a difference than doing all those other things.
1: That's really beautiful. And I, it's so awesome that I have zero idea who you're referring to um, just because I teach so many programs and there's so many students that come through and you were, part of a fairly large podcast accelerator group. I think there were about 40 of you in there. Um, so I have no idea who it was. But see, that's an example of, I can be a teacher in that moment and I can be a compassionate coach and then step them into action, get them out of that little mindset that doesn't serve them. It's a limiting belief. They were playing small for a moment, whatever that situation right. was. Snap them out of that and into inspired action and to wake up to the truth of who they are, which is absolutely perfect, whole and complete, exactly as right. they are. And yet- I can guarantee you without knowing who that person was, I'm not going to be spending personal time with that person and or picking up the phone and having long chats, right? So there's those roles. Like I can be completely present and hold space for your evolution and transformation, but it doesn't mean I invite you into my life on a personal level. Right.
0: And I I think that helping people now in this way, I think the world needs inspired voices. I think the world needs people to find themselves and be brave and to show up and to connect with themselves because then they can connect with each other. And
1: yes, more now than ever, especially in all the isolation that we've been encountering past near five months you know we need conscious leadership to help those that need to rise up and show up and speak up and be seen and be visible and find their words and claim their new identity right which is a practice right. it doesn't happen overnight and so we have beautiful guides like you who are doing that in the world and helping people shape shift their their new identity but shape shift um, yeah, that shit
0: that's like shapeshift. a c-cell c-cells yeah. by the C- sea. <laughs>
1: She sells seashells by the seashore.
0: I I think that's the new, maybe that should be the title. I'm a, you know, we're shapeshifters. (laughs) We take, shift happens. I mean, I've heard that one before, but.
1: I'm actually interviewing a guy named Anthony Trucks. He was a oh god, beautiful story, whatever. Um, a beautiful transformational coach, and his whole thing is makeshift happen, you know. And he's got he's got the story to back it up. Like he came from the worst of the worst of the worst. Um, the stuff that you know you hear about, and you're like, pray to God you never have to know anyone that goes through that personally. Mm-hmm. And then now he's just got no shame, no blame, you know, nothing around his past. It shaped him to who he's become. He owns it, and he helps people get out of that you know mindset as well that like my old stuff is who I am, the old identity, it's just who I am. It's 2020 people. If there's anything that we've learned from this pandemic, it's like, whatever you thought you were and whatever you thought the world was, which by the way, only exists under the world of certainty and known, right? Which is all contraction. All of that's out the window. It is. So, we are being asked as a society, we are being asked as humanity to step into the unknown, to step into uncertainty, because that is where all the magic is. That's where you get to define your new identity, not from the confines and complacency and comfort zone that you're pretty much miserable in anyway, right? Like it's all in the unknown. And that is literally what Mother Nature is teaching us right now on the global scale. And so when we can look at this as such a gift, yes, it's weird. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, we don't like it. But if you can look at the gifts in it, it's so rich and beautiful. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's certainly been true for me. I know a lot of people who have struggled, so I don't take away from the fact that there are financial concerns and fears and health concerns and political concerns and on and on and on. And I get it. And at the same time, I feel like it has been one of the deepest, richest opportunities to dig in and see what it is I want to create. And it has spurred some things. I mean, I started walking, I'm walking 10 miles a day now, and it did spur the, the podcast. It did spur on the writing workshop. It did spur on all these other things, which wherever they go is, is where they go. But I, but I feel like at least what I have in the uncertainty is a certainty that I can be uncertain, if that makes sense.
1: Totally makes sense. It's like, if there's anything that we can be certain about in 2020, it's that everything is uncertain. And so when I understand that, I too have, of course, compassion. There's like, I think 45 million people are unemployed here in the United States. That's just heartbreaking. There's going to be 4.5 million businesses that go out of business forever in the next few months. This pandemic is not going anywhere, right? But there's an opportunity to look at what can I do right now? so that I can ensure that me and my family are taken care of. And that means starting with your health, right? Like if you're not taking care of your health, no wonder your anxiety is off the chain with worrying that you're gonna get COVID at every twist and turn and left and right side you know, of you. But when you are really boosting up your immune system and taking care of yourself and exercising, you're gonna be least likely to get anything, and if you do, you're going to be asymptomatic. There's studies that show this, but like the 99th percentile. So the first and foremost is to get a hold of your health. You watched me do that in the mastermind. Yes. You know, I was enjoying the pandemic pounds and the jokes about the quarantine 15. The next thing I knew, I was I was up 10 pounds. I was like, "Whoa, this is out of control." I'm eating my feelings, and I was like, "No, I got to get a hold of this." And so I did, and I've dropped all that, and i got gotten to exercise, and it's completely changed my life. But what did I do? I went back to who I really am, which is. You got to just take care of your health first and foremost. Barna. Yeah,
0: and I did that. I mean, I think for me, it was the walking because you can do it anytime, anywhere, and it's free and it doesn't require anything. And the things I've seen on those walks, the beautiful trees, and just the oh, moments. Man. And I, I mean, so much came from just something so simple, but it's been the most profound and substantial thing I've done for myself.
1: How long have you been doing that? Well, I
0: started in March. And I went, I mean, it was new because I felt like the walls were closing in on me. There was so much stress and I do, can you go out and is it safe? And what can you do? So there were four things that I told myself I can do each day to keep sane, to pull myself through the uncertainty and the fear and the anxiety. One was to walk, the other was to read, the other was to write, and then the other was to learn something. And if I could do any combination Mm -hmm. of those four things, I, I, I thought, okay, I'll get through this. But the walking was interesting because it was the one thing I could do that was safe, that was outside of the four walls that felt like they were closing in because even the word quarantine or shelter in place made me feel like I couldn't breathe. So getting out and walking, it started with a few blocks here, a few blocks there. And then I ended up walking to this place one day in a pouring hailstorm. I was already out and then the clouds came and it was pouring and it was hailing And um, it's this lake park that's by my house that has heron and ducks and birds and stuff. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to continue to get there. And when I got there, nobody was there because everybody went in because of the hail and the rain. But it was so peaceful because nobody was there. So I'm drenched. I'm wet.
1: (laughs) you were probably so happy, right?
0: I was,
1: you were like, I did it. I didn't, I I kept going and now I get to enjoy this. Yeah, and
0: seriously.
1: To admit, you know, there's something about that's why that integrity thing. Like, man, you want to run circles around your competition. It's integrity. Integrity means what you do with yourself in the unseen moments, right? right. Committed to going there, and so you went. I committed to five days of exercise, minimum one hour, and so I do it. And what I do actually is I've got a whole uh, family thread um, on on text messaging, and and I say to them every morning at like six forty-five. Okay, today I'm going six point five miles, or I'm going to go twenty-eight miles, or I'm going to go four miles. Miles. And whatever I say I'm going to do, there's some days where I'm like, I don't want to go one more walk. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you committed. They don't know if you did it, but you know if you did it. And that right. goes back to my whole integrity thing and authenticity thing. And the universe rewards this stuff, right? When you begin to keep your word to yourself and to anyone else, seen and unseen, more importantly, unseen. The universe sees all that, and that's when everything begins to expand in your business and in your life and in your relationships, everything. The universe supports that, I fundamentally believe. If you're constantly selling yourself out and never keeping your word, something as simple as arriving for this podcast on time, right? If I was like 15 minutes late and never texted you, I wasn't late, by the way, Um, (laughs) let's just say, and I was 15 minutes late and I hadn't figured out a way to communicate with you, hey, I'm running six minutes late. You know, do we need to reschedule or is that going to still be okay? Everything. You're meeting someone for a, you know, social distance coffee date. It you said three 30 and it's, it's, you know, that you're only going to get there seven minutes later, text them, right? Hey, feel free to order. And if you want, you can even order mine if you've got a timeline, right? Right. You know, let me know, but keep your integrity.
0: Right. Well, and I, and I want you to, I want you to know how much your impact of your, integrity has made for me i i'm so inspired by you and i i appreciate and marvel that you can do several things that i that i do but i but i like how you do them together and i like how you do them as you you. i like how you uh you do have you're very very good at the strategy piece and you're super kind and compassionate and present for people and you know your shit i mean that's what i tell people like you know michelle knows her stuff she's so good and you're 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 there to ensure that whatever the outcome is is for them it's not about you and so it has really impacted me and i've i've watched you as somebody who wants to teach so i've you learned are from you, you are in t- that way yes you're
1: teaching right now you know you're you're holding space You're showing what it looks like to be a conscious leader and a podcaster and an interviewer that doesn't feel like an interview. It's just a fluid conversation, which is my favorite. and It's what we teach. Um, You're teaching people how to find their words and to shape shift their identity of what they truly want that feels expansive and aligned. You're doing it. It's just so beautiful. And we all have our own little lanes, you know, and it doesn't mean we can't you know, collaborate and coordinate and grow together and find ways where we can join forces. And I love that. I mean, collaboration is the new currency of all things in life. No one's doing anything alone. It's So much harder. You know, you want to go further faster, you find someone to model after and you get a community and you just you just go. And that's what you're doing. And it's it's deeply inspiring to me as well.
0: And you've created a beautiful community. And for people, I mean, I'm working with people that want to write books and things, but an extension of that, and I'm telling people all the time, is that uh, and some of them don't want to write books it's not just about writing books sometimes you just want to find your words and that's cool too but as far as showing up and finding your words and expressing your words putting your words out there michelle teaches a podcast accelerator class that i mean it was it's the best Barna, an investment I've ever made in my business uh, because it was everything from thought to finish and I had stumbled on my own with trying to piecemeal together and PDFs and free things <laughs> it was Me a mess too. Me too. but you really were great with hand-holding and the community of people that were there were so inspiring and amazing mm-hmm. and I have friends that I've made from there so the podcast accelerator you teach that twice a year three times a year,
1: Do it three times a year. And in fact, I don't know when this episode comes out, but um, the next program opens up um, September 16th. And it's okay.
0: I would highly encourage anybody who's ever thought about a podcast to invest because it's better to do it right and be free to create the content and let the rest be what it is. Uh, And then she also teaches the live video mastery course, which helps people figure out how to market sell define reach people cultivate community and utilize live video as a way of being the most effective way to generate uh, action
1: Yes, converting your viewers into clients like a pro. And uh, Live Video Mastery will actually open up again early October. I'm busy right now Um, because we're going into fall and fall is classically a time when like the big course rollouts happen. And I'm really honored to say this, Jana, but for the Podcast Accelerator, we're in collaboration with Jack Canfield. Um, So his community is going to some of his community members will be there as well as Jay Shetty, uh, community oh members, God.
0: which is so fantastic on. for you. I'm so dirty. happy for you.
1: And then thank you. And then, are you familiar with uh, the podcast "Entrepreneurs on Fire" by John Lee Dumas? Yes, he's one of the top podcasters in the world. He, we just uh, went into an agreement as of uh, yesterday, so his community is going to be informed about the podcast accelerator. And I know this is the beginning. I mean, it's a course that. Um, it's very hands-on. Uh, it takes a tremendous amount of work behind the scenes by our team to get everyone, you know, professionally produced and published by the end of the program. We're the only done for you program on the market. But, um, Jenny and I are ready to just soar. We're just like, we'll just build the team. It's like, you know, what is that phrase? It's like, create it and they will come build it and they will come. Um, yeah. So we're just like, we're just, we've already built it and they're already coming, but we don't want to stifle it by saying, Oh, we can only handle 60 people or 50 people. We want to be able to handle as many people as want to launch a podcast. And so it's up to us to figure out the resources to make that happen.
0: Well, it's been an amazing experience all the way around. And I just want to thank you for everything you've given and done and have shown and in full appreciation for you.
1: I feel the same about you. You're a gem of a human being, Jenna. And you were from the moment I met you, when you slid in after the cart closed, when you joined Live Video Mastery (laughs) at the recommendation from our dear friend Eldridge, um, who's another man who just walks his talk, and I love him so much. Um, Yes. Yes, I felt that way. You had me at hello, friend. Let's just put it that way. And thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And I would say for everybody, make sure you tune into and download Michelle Soros podcast, fire and soul. It's amazing. Every week, she has something really interesting to discuss and share and inspire. And again, being who she is, you get the education, the inspiration and the support all in one. It's like a party in a box (laughs) Every, every week that you listen to fire and soul. So make sure you subscribe, rate and review her podcast. And, um, For information, you can go to her website, michellesoro.com, about her podcast accelerator and her live video mastery class. You will not regret it.
1: Thank you, my love.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to Identity Talk with Jana Lopez. I've had a fantastic time. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, share it with someone you think is in need. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. For questions or comments, reach me at janalopez.com. And when you're having a moment of identity doubt, just remember that seeing is relieving.